Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hello, and welcome to the From the Shadows podcast. I am the producer, Jason Lewis. I would like to thank you for tuning in to the From the Shadows podcast. And without further ado, here is your host, Shane Grove. Welcome, everybody, to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove. And this lovely morning, we are uh, joined by the judge. Good morning. Super producer Jason. How's it going, everybody? Um, some girl, uh, what is your name? Elisa, <laughs> Alicia, uh, Alex. Alyssa. Okay, Alyssa. Alisa? Okay, Alisa. Or Alisa. I, I promise, I think uh, she changes her name every time. I think she, she changes it every time. Okay, all right. She carries three birth certificates. Three birth certificates. <laughs> yes. Okay. As long as you are the one that deems that legal in this county, I guess there's nothing we can do about it. For podcast purposes only. Okay, for podcast. So this morning we are uh, excited to be joined by author Wendy Coyle. Yeah, thank you for having me on. So it's an honor to be here. Um, I've been excited for the last couple weeks after I talked to Shane, and um, I have a couple really good stories to share with you. So We're excited um, to hear them. Yes, and, it's, and it's obvious that Wendy has no life if she's excited <laughs> to be here and she's made the trip. How, how far a trip did you make to me? Uh, it was about an hour and a half this morning, an so it was well worth the drive just My to My parents come here. won't even drive 20 minutes to see me. I she, won't either. Uh, well, yeah. you don't have to. Okay? You don't have to. So, so Wendy's joining us live from the studio this morning. Um, we're excited to have you here. We Before we came on, we talked about, you know, from the Shadows podcast, we try to hit a lot of different topic areas um, for our listeners out there, whether it be cryptids or the paranormal, supernatural. But today you're going to share with us some some new stuff that we haven't talked about. And mm-hmm. I'm really super excited because uh, if I think you're going to talk about what Grover says you're going to talk about, uh, Jason and I have already went and got our metal detectors. <laughs> we are good to go. We are good to go. So, so we'll preface it. So, uh, I was I found out who Wendy was uh, from a podcast, another podcast that is based in Ohio called Ohio Mysteries that I listen to. Well, I'm supposed to be delivering mail, but uh, I just you know I've kind of yeah I've kind of given up on that <laughs> career. It hasn't. It's been 20 years. It hasn't really worked out. Um, and so Wendy was a armchair detective, or correct uh, on the show, um, and she was on talking about a book she had written called. It is Legends and Lost Treasure of Northern Ohio. Of Northern Ohio, mm-hmm. um, which is, and we'll touch on the other books. She's a pro- prolific author, not just <laughs> one book. Okay, she's laughing, but she's written, you know, way more books than most. Two of things them. I really enjoy: yeah. legends. And treasure. Well, legends there you go. This is your day. And legends of treasure. <laughs> legends of treasure. <laughs> of treasure. So, um, 
So Wendy, so you know, I, I, I got a hold of Wendy and she, you know, do you want to tell the story of how you weren't going to respond to my to my message? Sure, yes. Um, so one evening I received a message and it said the Shane guy would like to connect with you on Facebook. So being a woman this is kind of a common occurrence where you get a strange guy that would like to well, as soon connect as you saw with you. his profile picture, you immediately the, the alarm. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and so I ignored this for a while, assuming that he was wanting to connect with me for, I don't know, a date or something. So I left to go for a while. But then after a while, I thought, well, I'll go ahead and open it up. And open it up, and he explained that he was a podcaster. And, um, of course, I go on and make sure that's who he says he is and I found the podcast and then from there we made arrangements to have a real conversation so just so everybody knows I've changed my profile picture from Elmo <laughs> to <laughs> to one of me and Christy so Christy realizes that I'm not sending messages <laughs> to random authors throughout the, because that's just yeah that's my niche <laughs> female authors that's all I'm that's all. So in talking in talking to uh, Wendy, um, I think the comment that got me the most uh, when you were on the Ohio mm -hmm. Mysteries was they you claimed and we'll put you on the spot okay. that every county in the state of Ohio has a hidden hidden or lost treasure legend. That is correct. So just a little bit of background about how the book came to be. Um, a lot of people will be like, Why'd you, why are you writing about treasure? So as a little girl, I would dig up my parents, grandparents' backyard, always on a hunt for a treasure. So fast forward, I don't know how many years, but my own daughter is out in the front yard and she's digging for treasures. So that got me thinking, you know, are there treasures in Ohio? Um, so that same day I went in and I began to do some research and I started to find all kinds of treasures in Ohio. I pulled out a county map, I started starring every county that I could find a treasure legend in, and every county, by the time I was done with the research over that course of that week, um, all 88 counties have a treasure story. What's interesting to me about that is that, um, you know, if you're on the East Coast or even the West Coast, you, you have the thought of pirates. So of course they would come in and hide their booty there, Lots of treasure stories there. If you're out west, then you had the cowboys and um, you know all, all these people hiding their treasure. So the idea that Ohio got into the treasure story was interested, interesting to me because we're not one of those states where you typically would think, oh, Ohio, it's got all kinds of treasures. But like I said, all, every county has a story. You know, I got interested in treasure as a kid. I don't know if you remember this or not. Back in early 80s, some guy wrote a book called Masquerade, and it was the jeweled rabbit, if you remember. Oh, yeah, this. the velveteen. No, no, no not, not the, the velveteen vel rabbit. That's a real story. That's a no, real. So what happened was this guy wrote a book <laughs> called Masquerade, and he hid this jeweled rabbit somewhere in the world, and the book contained clues mm -hmm. as to where this thing was. And it created this, you know, 
Now, keep in mind, this is pre-internet, so it created this, you know, fever of people going out treasure hunting for this. Now, I was a kid. I got the book from the Busiris Library. Okay. Now, of course, I'm a kid, so it's 19, like, 81, 82, I think, I remember, so I'd have been a young kid. So here I am looking in Crawford County for this rabbit. Okay. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. I, yeah, I do not know what I was doing. I remember that them uh, they had that on the morning news. Yeah, like, it, it they was talked so, about yeah. the book. So it was, and, and Josh Gates does that. Um, Expedition unknown. Yeah, I but Josh. There was a yeah, but what's similar the, book? But the book. What, what the heck? I is can't remember the name of it, but yeah, there were. There's twelve different. 12, yeah, and there's so something hidden in twelve different cities. They found something in Cleveland. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. found something in, where was the other? I don't know. It's all over. Chicago. They yeah. found, I think, Chicago. Right. So, yeah, so and it's, then the, yeah, the author of it has died, has but the died. estate still holds the money if you find yeah. whatever. So, But this whole masquerade thing with this, this rabbit, it was, a, it was a huge thing. And then, of course, as kids, you remember the movie It's a Mad, Mad, Mad World where the, the group of all these people are trying to find this treasure. So I've always been piqued as Or the Goonies. the Goonies. Or the Goonies. Okay, the Goonies were good. The Goonies. We need, we need the Goonies. So, yeah, so I think everybody, I, at least as kids, has this desire to find, you know, lost mm-hmm. treasure. So. And kind of what, and kind of what uh, you know, like talking to Mr. Corey in here when we were talking about the, the Colonel Crawford and what you kind of realize is that the founding of the, of the country, at one time Ohio was the Wild West, mm-hmm. and if you were going to bury something that you thought maybe would stay hidden for quite a while, Ohio would be a great a great place. Right. And you know, another thing is that if you read the history of banking, which you know I never thought of myself going down that road with this book, but there had been several bank crashes as the country was mm-hmm. settling, so. People didn't have a trust for the banks, so where else are you going to put it? You know, you're not going to put it in the bank. There's only one other option is to bury it. Um, There's stories of people putting it in their walls and the rafters in the barns. Um, So that piece of Ohio history and the banking all plays into these tales. And what you were saying, Judge, is um, interesting to me, too, because there's a whole psychology behind treasure hunting and it's the adrenaline rush that we get and if you read most treasure stories what you'll find and you're going to find that in one of the treasure tales that I'm going to talk about today is most stories you get just right to the treasure you're you're so close you're so close and then there's something missing there's one there's some reason why they couldn't find the treasure either somebody died that had the last clue or something was removed that was a marker and that keeps that adrenaline rush because you're like so close I'm so close this time so probably any of the shows you watch like the Oak Island every time we got another clue we've got to be close now we're so close and that's a theme in all treasure tales that keeping that adrenaline. That reminds me of National Treasure. Yeah. Yeah, Yes, the Knights Templar treasure. (laughs) And you know the interesting thing, too, about about treasure is, from a historical standpoint, is that, you know, 1803, you know, Ohio becomes a state. But, you know, it wasn't long before that. I mean, we don't become the United States of America until the passing of the uh, the ratifying of the, the Constitution, 1787, 1789, by the time it gets done. So prior to that, under the Articles of Confederation, each state had their own currency. So, 
and currency was, you know, today mm-hmm. we basically, it, it, look, our money's not worth anything. It's all based upon, do you yeah. believe that this hundred dollar yeah. bill really has purchasing power? Mm-hmm. But there wasn't an actual gold standard. There really yeah. wasn't an actual gold standard. You could not print or mint coins unless they were silver or there were gold or there was gold somewhere in a safe to back that up. So, you know, people weren't taking dollar bills and shoving them in mattresses. You know what I mean? Like they were taking coins that were actually had intrinsic value Mm -hmm. and they would have to hide them because, you know, they they could be stolen. So Mm -hmm. So now we have a fiat currency that's worth nothing. Well, it's, it's Thank worth you for what you're ruining that for all of us. It, it, it's worth what you think it is. <laughs> he just crushed our yeah. dreams. Right all right, there. well, there's no treasure. <laughs> well, we're done here. <laughs> so let's talk. Let's talk about how you decided to write the book. And for those of you who would be interested in, in seeing Wendy's book, Legends and Lost Treasure of Northern Ohio, can you tell them how they could find your book? Sure. Um, Probably the easiest place to find it is on Amazon um, and then on the publisher's website, which is the History Press. Sometimes they'll run deals on there, too, so that's an option. Um, Anywhere that you um, go online, like Barnes & Noble carries it, and then some places here in Northern Ohio carry the book and like the bookstores and when I find it in a bookstore it always gets moved to the front <laughs> uh, do you pull out a pen and autograph it too you know I have done that because I've read about authors that will go in a store and sign their books just to be kind and then don't tell anybody so that when the buyer gets it they get a special treat so yes awesome. I've done that are you saying that if I do that, then somebody's always like, hey, look, somebody scribbled in this book. I want, <laughs> I want to do so he's, he's picking up author tips for me right now. He's taking know. notes yes, here. He is. <laughs> yeah, of course. So what can you tell us about writing the book? I mean, I, I think a lot of people, myself included, say, gee, I really like to write a book. I got a lot of good stories. But, but how did you go about actually authoring the book? Um, So with this book, so I have three books out, and every book I consider there's something special about the writing. So the first one was obviously the first book I have ever done, the excitement with that. This one was the second book, and then there's one on the other side, a third You want to give us the names of those in case our listeners want to look them up? at the end. Oh, we gotta wait oh, till the end. Wrap it up. See, we'll, wrap it, we'll wrap it up so when the viewers leave or the listeners leave the episode, that's you have treasure pick, hunt. You haven't picked up that yeah. tip yet. I thought you, you yeah. always yeah. want to jump. Link. You always want to jump. <laughs> no well, timing. these other secret books. He never watched books. like the Price is Right or anything. He doesn't know how to wrap. The show. I watched it yet. Yeah, he doesn't know how to wrap. The okay, show. so so the, tell us about your Okay, book. so the first book I did, which is a secret till the end, evidently. Um, it was a history of a town. And so with that one, very factual, had to make sure everything um, lined up. This is what really happened. And I use a lot of newspapers. And believe it or not, sometimes the newspapers will tell a fib or exaggerate something. <laughs> I know that's hard to believe. Um, so with that book, there was a lot of fact checking. What I loved about writing this book is... I didn't have to really prove anything. All I had to do was, there's a supposedly a treasure here. Why do people think it's here? I didn't have to produce concrete evidence that, yes, there's a treasure in the ground right there. All I had to do was present the legend. This is why they think the treasure is there. And um, what I really like, too, about this one is 
I thought when I went into writing the book, it would be all about the treasure. Where's it at? How much is how much is there? Who's hunted it? But I actually fell in love with the people that were hunting the treasure, or maybe the people that put the treasure there. So um, it was just a surprise to me as I was writing the book. I'm like, I love this guy. And one of the stories that you and I have talked about, and we may get to talk about today, was like the Giants of Seville. Yes, I, de- I definitely, because I was... You said you talked about that, and I'm like, what, what is she talking about? The Giants of Seville. Right. And then I went and looked up where it was and talked to you about it a little bit. And then, you know, there's a whole Wikipedia page on it, and there's all the pictures and everything. I'm like, and I'm everything. like this is unbelievable. Yeah. How did this happen? So, at first, I was like, well, cool, they had a treasure. People think they had a treasure and hid it. But the more you read about yeah. the, the couple that was involved, the more you are. Um, enamored with that couple in their life and um, the treasure is still fascinating but there's this whole other piece to it Um, so that is what really has me had me liking to write this book all of those factors cool so we've teased our listeners long enough they're probably sitting there got their boots on they got their metal detectors (laughs) like is she gonna start talking about the treasure no so we're probably hitting the fast forward button. Okay. So So let's talk about treasures. Let's let's talk about some interesting stories. So let's start with um, how do you want to start? Do you want to start with Crawford County, um, or do you want to save that? One? Well, you know what? I would like since we've already mentioned the uh, Giants of Seville, sure. because that's actually in the book, right. right? Right. So let's so give us that story to kind of tease people about the book, because. The Crawford County one's not in the book. Exactly. So you get a special treat you get today. Special, yeah, yes. special treat. So we Dang actually. Hope. All right. So let's hear about the okay. Giants of Seville. Sure. Right. So the Giants of Seville. Um, we have a boy born in Kentucky. His name was Martin Bates, 1837. Um, he was born, I believe, he was the twelfth child, um, and everything was normal with his birth. And it wasn't until about age six that this kid hit this first growth spurt. So he started to grow and grow. And there's talk about how his parents had to order him this special bed by the age of 12 because he was already six feet tall. Um, He did not quit growing until he was 28. He ended up to be seven foot, seven inches tall. And he wasn't skinny. You know, some of the basketball players that are up in that range are super skinny. He was hefty as well. So he weighed 480 pounds. Oh, my. Oh, big old boy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I get to worry the, the, the term giant. Yes. Yeah. So he was nicknamed the Kentucky Giant. Um, one of the things that he did was um, he worked as a teacher. So I don't know how you guys behaved in school, but I think that would have put a whole new spin on behavior. Oh, he behaved much better. Um, no offense to John Short. God rest his soul. Because <laughs> there is no man tougher than John Short. I'm Not even the Kentucky Giant. Even if you're, no. if you're no. a if you're giant. 25 foot tall. So anyhow, um, after, well, during the time he was teaching then, the Civil War broke out, and um, he decided to join the cause. He joined the Confederates, and um, he moved up through the ranks until he became a captain. What's interesting about this part of the story is that he um, he was captured at one point 
and he escaped. So I was telling this story to my fiance last night. He's like, how the heck did he escape? I'm like, how the heck did he live? Because if the troops are marching in, yeah, how, look across how is he the not the first the, guy that gets shot? Yes. Right. So. Like with a cannon, like you could aim the cannon at him. Like the daisy chain that they would shoot and it would... Yeah, he's like... The he, question's going to be... And how does he get captured? Who's, is it, who's yeah. captured? Yeah. Oh, okay, guys, just go ahead and... The question that's burning right now is Jerry. Jerry's answer. Jerry's thinking, if I was there historically, could I have tackled him? And I'm going to say no. <laughs> no, he could not. I don't know. I don't think. That would have been as close as he could have come to Bigfoot, I think. Because Bigfoot's about the same size. But if this guy can get captured by, by a bunch of Union soldiers. Union and soldiers. And Jerry has I mean, a chance. So we digress. We're back yeah. to the story. Okay, <laughs> so back to our giant then. It's your fault, though. You brought up That's the giant, true. and it leads us to think about Jerry. So. Right. You're going to go down these since different... He, since, he's not the, <laughs> since he's not here. So anyhow, eventually... He was wounded pretty bad in, and it said near Cumberland Gap. So maybe they were heading to battle. They weren't actually in battle from what I gathered. So he came back from the military. And at this point, word had gotten out about this gigantic man roaming the countryside. And he was asked to join the circus. So he goes to a circus in New Jersey. In the meantime... There is a woman, her name is Anna Swan. She was born in Nova Scotia, and she was born 10 years after Martin. And she, again, was the 11th or 12th child of this family. But her birth was a little bit unusual because she was 18 pounds when she was born. Parents were both normal-sized, siblings normal-sized, 11th, 12th baby, she's 18 pounds. I I would have to say, and this may be in poor taste, but you could probably only have an 11 or 18-pound baby on the 11th or 12th kid. I don't think that one would want to be the first or second. Yeah, you might change your mind about (laughs) the whole child-birthing experience. Um, Well, with her, there's not a lot about her background. I know both of them were, um, their parents pushed for education. So both of them were considered intelligent and highly educated. But eventually she ended up working in New York City for P.T. Barnum. But she didn't want to work in, like, in the circus tents as the freak show. She was a little classier than that. So how that. big was she? Oh, she, that, I forgot that part. So she grew to be... Seven eleven, so she was taller, taller than him. Yeah, so she's seven eleven. That's why she ended up in the circus. She weighed four hundred and ten, so taller but a little slimmer than he was. So um, anyhow, she's working for P.T. Barnum, and he had a museum there in New York City. And she would wear; they would make these beautiful dresses and jewelry for her, and then people would pay twenty five cents to come in and have a gander. Okay, she didn't want in the freak show, but she would allow for that. So a little classy. Um, and let me check the date here. In 1871, then, P.T. Barnum was going to take the circus over to England, and they were going to go by ship, of course. Well, both Martin and Anna signed up to go over to England. Well, on the course of the journey, we had a giant romance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you gotta think they had quite a bit in common. So they they were from a big family, large number of siblings. They were both educated. 
They both had the, they're in the same line of work. And then there's that whole little factor of their size. (laughs) (laughs) 400 some pounds. So you got to imagine, if you think about P.T. Barnum, and he was a master of marketing, can you imagine when he heard these two were... He he was the first Chuck Woolery, making a love connection. Yeah, this love connection (laughs) was taking place. So by the time they disembarked off the ship, then um, they were ready to be married. And word spread there, and they were invited to Buckingham Palace. All right. Yeah. Queen Victoria herself gifted them some jewels. I think he got a pocket watch, and it was diamond encrusted. Keep that in mind, because that plays into the treasure story later. Mm -hmm. She was given a ring. Um, Was it a pocket watch that was to size for his pockets? Because yeah, then I that never would be, thought of that. That's where Flavor Flav got his first yeah. one. <laughs> Flavor, Flav, Flavor Flav found the treasure of the giants. Right there. <laughs> never thought about it. Now I'm going to have to worry about it. I mean, that. can you imagine like how, how a little pocket watch would... It'd be like it'd be a like, diamond to like, you. Yeah, it'd be like a, be like a diamond's pocket. Be like, right. Oh, where is that right. watch? <laughs> well, well, imagine this. Imagine the bed they would have slept in. I mean, it would have had to support... Imagine, Almost a thousand pounds. Imagine, so, yeah. imagine the honeymoon. If it's back on the ship, I mean, how could that? I mean, like almost, this is a family it. show, sir. <laughs> this is a family show. <laughs> I mean, if we're rated G, though, the, the thought does still cross your mind about some of the technical aspects of the whole thing. And later, I'd like to be the guy in the cabin next to him. I was like, man, I'm trying to get some sleep. The guy steering the ship as the ship almost takes in water as it tips from side to side. So moving okay. along here. Right. <laughs> so they're married 1871. They come back from the circus and they decided to settle in Ohio. Okay, um, a question that my fiance asked me as I was talking about this is that he said, well, why they why did they go to Ohio? What was the connection? Well, they tried Kentucky, but that state was still so divided and in the heated um, aftermath of the Civil War that he, he couldn't take it anymore. He didn't want any part of it. So Ohio must have been a little more peaceful when it came to those issues. And Martin's dream had always been to be a farmer. Even though he traveled with the circus and made his money there, he always wanted to be a farmer. So they settled in a little town of Seville, um, which is what, about an hour northeast? Yeah, Seville's like, um, it's north, because isn't it east of like Lodi or or something? Yeah. Yeah. So as you go up, as you know, travel to Cleveland up 71, Seville is... Do you? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the sign, and I've just, I never thought it. Went to Law School in Akron, so there's a sign. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Yeah. but I didn't. But did you know there was a? I did not know there was a giant there. I didn't even know there was a. I knew there was a barber of Seville. I did did not know there was a giant. Well, and if you get a chance to make a pit stop there, and I was telling Shane that. if you go to the cemetery, then they have monuments to both giants and their life-size replicas. Oh, I mean, they're the up scale. high. Oh, yeah, they're up on kind of a platform, and then the giants are there. Um, so interesting pit stop. And I don't know if the town still does it, but they used to have a giant festival. And you would you could go to the museum, and you could stand by the cardboard cutouts and this and that. Um, but I'm not sure if they still have that or not. So let's get to the treasure. Okay, so 
So they traveled all over the world. They probably accumulated. Yeah, so one of the questions Shane had asked me, and I thought, well, it's a good way of looking at it, like a, a good question. He said, well, why do they think they have the treasure? What, what brought that on? Well, one thing, they're noticed. They're going to be noticed. And they're, they, they settle in this little town, so they're noticed. After they had settled in that town, they had built this 18-room mansion. So it wasn't a tiny little thing. I've seen pictures of it. It's a gorgeous mansion. Everything was custom built so that they could get through the doorways. All the furniture was top-of-the-line furniture, but it had to be custom built. So when you talked about what kind of a bed, what are they slept in, all custom made. Um, so their wealth is becoming apparent. There was other pieces with that, too, that um, one thing, Martin was known to kind of flash it around. And one story said that he would sometimes have diamonds by the fistful and, like, show it off. Probably that pocket watch he was showing around town. Um, Diamonds by the fistful. Yeah. I mean, there's some P. Diddy. No kidding. <laughs> behavior no kidding. for you. Now, that's, that could be a great, be, that's a great song if that has Diamonds by the Fistful. Oh, I mean, think about it. Now, that's a hook. Look, you're the guy that writes country music. Maybe you should. I don't know that that's a country song, though. That's yeah, you can probably make it. <laughs> so, so here's this giant man walking around. Um, basically being ostentatious mm -hmm. by pulling out handfuls of diamonds. And we say a handful of diamonds. For me, that'd be a lot of diamonds. But if I was damn near eight foot tall, I mean, imagine how many diamonds you're talking That's about. That's bucketfuls there. Oh, jeez. Um, and, you know, and other things like they had to custom order their clothes, which, okay, I could see that. But they would custom order the fanciest clothes. It wasn't just, um, can you make me a quick pair of trousers at the All local right. shop? They were special ordered from the cities. Um, and then they had a carriage that they would come into town, and it was pulled by Clydesdales. I knew it. I yeah, knew it. it had to have been to get the thing in there. So, with, so at this point, though, when they retire, when they go to Seville, they're no longer in the circus, or are they? so they would go sometimes. They there was uh, maybe three different years that Martin wrote about in a journal where they would make special appearances in the circus, but they weren't full time. And then if a circus would come to one of the nearby towns, sometimes they would go and watch the circus, and they would know people there, and they would visit their, their colleagues. Um, so their circus connection wasn't totally severed. They always remained. Just one, they must have, I mean, P.T. Barnum must have made a mint off of them and must have made sure that they were well, well taken compensated care of. for that. I mean, so, so then what happens? Okay, so... Um, one of the things that, obviously, they're deceased, but one of the things I think that contributed to Anna's death was that they had two babies, and you and I have talked about it. So their first baby, he was born in 1974. Actually, it was a boy. It was a girl. I mean, I mean, look. It was a girl that was the first baby. And um, she was 18 pounds, but she was stillborn. So we had that, and then a few years later in 79, she gives birth to a baby boy, and he was 22 pounds, 28 inches, so over two oh. feet tall. Yeah. He lived 11 hours, and if you look up, if you do a Google search now and you're like, biggest baby ever born, this baby shows up. This is still the biggest baby ever born, and he did live 11 hours. Oh. But, um, you know, of all the, everything that I've ever read about the Giants, there's always the fascination with how big they were and these big babies. But I felt like 
I had maybe looked at it from a woman's side. How must have she felt? She's a giant. She had giant babies, but she was still a mother no matter Mm -hmm. what. And they said that she never really recovered, never seemed right after that. And in um, 1888, she just died in her sleep. She didn't have health problems that they knew of. She just died in her sleep. So I always contribute that to her death was maybe of a broken heart. Um, One of the things that I found interesting, when she died, Martin had sent to Cleveland for a special made coffin. Well, the coffin makers assumed the notes on the size of this coffin was wrong, so they sent a regular sized coffin back. And um, he was furious because now they have her, she's passed away. It took three days to get the right size coffin. So what he did is, after her funeral and everything, he ordered his own coffin and put it out in the barn because he didn't want somebody else to have to go through that with his when he died. So just a little side story. But Martin, um, after Anna died about 10 years later, he remarried. And this woman was five foot one. So an average size woman. Um, and she fit right in the pocket by his watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there are a few pictures out there of her and him together so you can kind of look at the sizing of that Um, and then he moved this woman and Martin moved back into town so they left kind of left the mansion there Um, I don't know what the reasoning was to move back into town but they did and then he died in 1897 he had some kind of like a kidney disease or something that he died of so the treasure story just it it became a tale because you have these giants, they're flashing their money around, they're pretty secretive about where they keep their money. And if you were a giant and you were hiding money in your property, you really wouldn't have to worry somebody's going to come out there and dig it up while you were there. I mean, who's going to mess with them? Guy named Jack. (laughs) So if a beanstalk happened to just show up one day. Um, So again, this is one of those stories. Well, I mean... So what happened to the the pocket watch? You know, that's the yeah. I mean, that's not something that... And and the thing about it is, I mean, here's the thing. The law today is is probably very similar to what it was back then. And and the reason why that is is because almost every law we have is based on old English law. So when he would have died, you would have had to have probated his assets. So I'm sure... His full of diamonds Well, so I'm sure the people... and, And it's even to this, you know, look... And I know this sounds morbid, but there are people to this day that if someone passes away, they want to go try to pull probate records to see what these people's wealth was. They, they still try to do this stuff. And if it's you if save you everybody knew, the trouble, I have yes, <laughs> so a bunch of IOUs. Yeah. So if if you you know in a small town and the you know, giants pass away. You try to go pull the probate records expecting to see all these diamonds and wealth and stuff like that, and there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Then you that would right. say, hey, where is it at? And let's go find it. And so, and so apparently the, his second wife didn't have this stuff. Or there was nothing. You know, that's, that's part of the tale that's a little bit... I don't know, muddy there, because wouldn't you have at least, you probably would have enjoyed his wealth, but the the treasure tale is that if if there was a treasure, that they most likely buried it out there on that mansion. He loved the land there. That's where he wanted to be. 
Um, the house, the mansion was torn down, I think, in the 1940s. And the owners that had it then said that they just, it cost so much to heat because the ceilings were so tall. Um, so that's where was the reasoning for tearing so it down. So then a treasure story ensues after mm-hmm. the death. So mm-hmm. what is the, is anything interesting about the treasure story? Like, the, is there anything besides, uh, we talked about the pocket watch that people think is out there? Or? Um, obviously, they they think uh, the diamonds, and they talk, to, they talk about the things from Queen Victoria, yeah. so the pocket watch. But I know her ring, or whatever it was that she received from Queen Victoria, I think it was a ring, um, I know that was passed on to somebody in her family, but Martin kept most of of the wealth in her family after she died. He didn't give a lot to the family. Because it's buried. Yeah, it's a, that, I mean, yes. has anybody actively gone out and searched that you could find? Now, this one I, I don't know. Usually I, I can find where, okay, people have been out there snooping around over the years. This one... I haven't heard of anything, but I do know when the the owners tore that house house down in 1940s, they they told the newspaper that they were going to keep an eye out for anything of interest. Um, and one other thing, they were hunting too when the they were pulling the house down. They said when the house was being built, there was a um, a python on the loose. So this probably interests you. Oh, and he <laughs> this python had swallowed a a horse blanket so I'm assuming a blanket that goes over the horse and the thing died and so they said well we tear that down we'll keep an eye out for two things one for treasure and the other for the, the remains of that python <laughs> that's funny okay he was hungry or maybe cold maybe a well, little bit of both did he did, was a horse under the blanket when the python swallowed we'll be able to swallow the horse <laughs> I mean, that would have to be a mighty big snake I know I've been hungry enough to eat a horse But so far, the python or the treasure has turned up that I am aware of. Maybe the python ate the treasure. (laughs) (laughs) That could have happened. Since he's eating blankets and everything else. So that's an interesting story, regardless of the treasure. Yeah, it is. I I found the most interesting part was is that here are these world famous uh, people. Mm -hmm. I mean, because at the time they would have been considered world famous. I didn't even realize he fought in the. Civil War. That's a new. That's a new part that I even looking I didn't see, which is kind of crazy. But it's just down the road. Like you're just driving down the road, and any time. I mean, how many times have we driven to Akron or Cleveland? I mean, imagine if somebody would have said, "That's where those giants lived over there." What, what giants? Like, what are you? How do you not right? hear about giant people that? Lived and died in Ohio, next door, yeah, yeah, an hour and a half away, and uh, Um, and it's one of those stories that I've mentioned. Like while I was doing the research, the first thing caught my oh, they this couple had a treasure. They worked for the circus, but then I found myself getting so involved Mm -hmm. in their life and who they were and what they were about. Wasn't there a football team called the Canton Giants? Uh, I think you're thinking of the. the movie Little Giants no, was right with, the, with Ed Bundy and and those guys Rick Moranos. Rick Moranos. No, I think there was a I think there was a football team called a, before uh, way like uh, way 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 before professional. Uh, football I mean, the, the the real treasure on this story is this story exactly yeah. is the story exactly. about yep. the about this. So okay, so then the other question when we were talking is what is the buried treasure story about Crawford County? 
There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's all the time we have for this week's episode. So make sure you tune in next week to find out about that buried treasure in Crawford County. Please visit us on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash from the shadows podcast and on our Instagram page at instagram.com forward slash from the shadows podcast. You can visit our webpage at from the shadows podcast or contribute to our Facebook discussion page called after the shadows. And tweet us on our Twitter feed at twitter.com forward slash podcast underscore from. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to hearing from you all. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. (laughs) <laughs> God only knows what's hiding in our shadows God only knows what's hiding in our You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.